0: Hey there, today we're going to be talking about photorealistic AI avatars, poisoning generative AI, and CSS has, where, and is selectors. So you can now create AI avatars with DID, but these are not your average 3D avatars from Meta or Apple. They look photorealistic. Welcome to a new uncanny world of mandatory training videos in corporate. The site is d-id.com, and you can just type in a script uh, and you'll get an AI avatar that mimes that script, essentially, Uh, photorealistic. AI researchers have come up with a novel approach for content creators to battle unwanted image scraping when training AI models authors can add invisible changes to the pixels in their images that then poison the AI model so that dogs become cats, cars become cows, etc. From the paper, data poisoning attacks manipulate training data to introduce unexpected behaviours into machine learning models at training time. For text-to-image generative models with massive training data sets, current understanding of poisoning attacks suggests that a successful attack would require injecting millions of poison samples into their training pipeline. In this paper, we show that poisoning attacks can be successful on generative models. We observe that training data per concept can be quite limited in these models, making them vulnerable to prompt specific poisoning attacks, which target a model's ability to respond to individual prompts. We introduced Nightshade, an optimized prompt specific poisoning attack, where poison samples look visually identical to benign images with matching text prompts. Nightshade poison samples are also optimized for potency and can corrupt a stable diffusion SDXL prompt in less than 100 poison samples. Nightshade poison effects bleed through to related concepts and we show that a moderate number of nightshade attacks can destabilize general features in a text to image generative model effectively disabling its ability to generate meaningful images finally we propose the use of nightshade and similar tools as a last defense for content creators against web scrapers that ignore opt out or do not crawl directives and discuss possible implications for model trainers and content creators so interesting stuff Monday.com have announced that they built their own database instead of choosing one off the shelf. You can read about that over at monday.com slash ap slash mondaydb. Meta has a serverless platform called XFAS that they claim is more efficient than existing serverless options like AWS Lambda. You can get the link to the paper in the corresponding Blog post for this podcast in the podcast description. You can take a sneak peek at the docs for Meta's CSS in JS framework, StyleX, now, uh, which is being used on the new Facebook website. It hasn't been officially released yet. And laser beams have been deflected off nothing but air for the first time while maintaining the beam's strength and integrity. There's a great write up on the WebKit blog of some of the things that the new CSS selector has unlocks. My favorite is an example of being able to change the layout for card components that have images. So you can write something like article colon has brackets image and you know, specify grid column span two, grid row span two. And uh, whereas default um, cards in that grid might just be one. Uh, grid column and grid row. And so then, yeah, if the card doesn't have an image, it's smaller, and then the cards that actually do have images uh, occupy more space in the layout. So some really interesting creative things that we do now that we have this ability natively. The where and is CSS selectors were introduced in 2021, but I just discovered them. They're supported in all major browsers and provide some interesting ways of combining selectors for readability, but also for controlling specificity. So when writing CSS, you can sometimes end up with long selector lists to target multiple elements with the same style rules. For example, if you wanted to color adjust any B tags found inside a heading element, you could write h1 then um, greater than, B, um h2 greater than B etc etc uh, or you could write instead the is selector and improve legibility uh, so you could just write colon is brackets h1 comma h2 h3 etc and then you put the greater than symbol B uh, so yeah much more readable in that regard. And then as far as the where selector goes, the specificity is always zero. So you can use it to wrap selectors like not, which increase specificity, if you wish to use them without impacting the selector's specificity. So um, that's quite cool. You know, I've been tempted to use not in places and then decided not to use it because, (laughs) not to use not. because I didn't want to increase the specificity, so you know, with where uh, you don't have to worry about that, which is pretty cool. So you can learn more about those at um, web.dev/articles/css-is-and-where, and a few other links uh, mentioned in my blog post. Safari's Web Inspector. Now visualizes border radius uh, in the box model diagram. So when you're in um, the web inspector and you're viewing an element, uh, it'll actually show the border radius uh, at the edges, and it'll display a nice little rounded rectangle as well to show that that element has a um, a border radius, which I think is a nice little touch. Great. Well, um, publishing the newsletter and podcast every week has been a bit hectic. So starting with this one, I'll just post as I get the time. So thanks for listening and I'll talk to you in the next one.